welcome to Fashion Talks for Industry, a special series of Fashion Talks. I'm your host, Donna Bishop. In these episodes, I will be speaking with experts across all manner of professions who will offer their insights, tools, strategies that you can use in your business, whether you are an entrepreneur or an executive, a founder or a freelancer, whether you are just starting your career or have years of experience under your belt. Hi, I'm so glad you're here. I'm really excited about this new Fashion Talks for Industries special series. I'm so stoked. Today, my guest is Wei Yi Chang, and she is going to be talking about something that I know a lot of businesses in Canada in particular are very curious about, which is grant writing. She is a government grant consultant at Froze Law and has extensive experience in government, corporate, and foundation grant management and has raised more than $17 million for her clients. Let's get straight to the conversation. Wei thank you so much for being here today. I'm so excited to have this conversation about grants with you. Hi, Donna. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to speaking with you and the Fashion Talks community all about grants. So before we get into you know the nitty gritty of it all, can you tell us a little bit about you and how you developed this expertise in grant writing? Absolutely. So I have been writing grants um, for both personal and professional projects for over 10 years now. My very first exposure to grants, I was actually uh, still an undergraduate student at Western University. Um, we, I was in this class where we were curating an exhibition and I wrote uh, a grant proposal to the student donation fund and secured over $2,000. Um, and that was really my first exposure to grants. And it was amazing because I thought all you have to do is write something and then people will give you money to do a project that you want to do. Like, that's phenomenal. How can you not love grants? And so since then, I have continued to uh, to work across the grant sector, primarily first in the arts and culture sector, which, uh, which is my background, and then expanding my scope into the skills training and technology sector, and now also for-profit businesses with Rose Law. So just to kind of bring everyone up to the same kind of level of understanding, because I hear the like, ooh, I wrote something, I got a grant, ta-da! <laughs> like, <laughs> what exactly is a grant? Like if you had to give it like a nice concise definition, what exactly are we talking about? Great. Yeah. So grants are non-dilutive, non-repayable funding. So by non-dilutive, I mean, so, you know, when I, whenever I think of dilutive funding, I think of Shark Tank. You know, you have someone who goes on the show and they pitch their product or service, and then you have these sharks hopefully bidding uh, for a percentage of the company um, in exchange for a certain amount of financing, right? So with dilutive funding, essentially, you have to give away a portion of your company and your ownership and control of it in order to get funding. Grants are non-dilutive, so there's no there's no loss of control. So if you're a business owner, that's wonderful because you get to keep all the profits and all the control to yourself. And similarly, um, compared to loans, which are, of course, repayable with an interest rate attached, grants are non-repayable. So it is essentially free money. Um, so you can't really lose in that respect. And is it... So free money, what's not to like about that? Is it free money without accountability? Or what is sort of like the um, the structure in terms of what the relationship is between you and the granting body and who 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 
uh, awards the grants? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there are um, so different different levels of government award grants. So we have federal, we have grants directly from the federal government. Provincial governments also award grants as well as municipalities. And if you're a nonprofit, you can also receive grants from corporations and foundations as well. Um, so you can, so there are different levels. Of, so as I mentioned, there's different levels of government involved with the grant financing um, sphere. Um, generally speaking, federal grants tend to be at a higher level than municipal grants, but that's just a broad rule. There are instances where the federal government might have smaller grants available. Um, but of course, because this is uh, primarily taxpayer-funded money, this is government money. There get from money, there is um, there are of course a variety of accountability measures involved. So the first part is actually the application process itself. Usually grant programs, they have very strict eligibility requirements. They're designed with a particular audience in mind. They're designed to fund a particular kind of project that the government wants to encourage and focus on. And so the eligibility criteria and the application process itself is quite rigid. You have to show why you're the best person to do it, that you're capable of doing it, that you understand and you're able to abide by all of the accountability principles. And then when you actually get the grant and after you receive the, the funding, there are also further accountability measures involved. So there might be uh, financial reporting involved, there might be activity reports. Uh, if it's a government grant, you have to keep track of all of your receipts and payments and everything like that because you might be subject to an audit for about seven years, like any time seven years after the grant ends, um, that standard auditing period. So Yes, while it is uh, free money, of course, there are strings attached um, because the government wants to make sure that, you know, they're not just in the business of giving out money, they're in the business of making sure that that money is used effectively and for the purpose for which it was awarded. And we are, we're in Canada, we're talking about the, the Canadian government involvement in terms of granting, just so for our friends who are listening from other places around the world. There is a perception, I think, Wei Yi, it's something that I have heard a lot, that the fashion industry is ineligible for granting. Is that true or false? It is not true. It is false. So the important thing to remember about grants is that grants are really designed to fund projects, not general organizational operational costs associated with your business. So just like any other business, fashion fashion is also a business, right? You have to hire, you have marketing costs, you have inventory, you have technology costs. There are all these different elements that go into running a successful business. And so the fashion industry is not exempt from accessing those grants that are specifically designed to support those initiatives. So... Let's kind of go through a like a bit of a case study between the two of us. Like, let's say I run a a fashion business, and and as you're saying, like that business could be anything. It could be I could be a a designer. I could be you know I could be a retailer. I could be a marketing organization. That is less important. What I hear you saying than what the actual project is that I am hoping to get granting money for. So could exactly. you give kind of a bit of an example? So it's not like I can say, oh, I need a grant to fund, you know, six months of my business, but I might be able to access a grant to hire someone who has an expertise in online marketing. Is exactly. that sort of a good distinction? Yes, exactly. So say, yeah. So say, for example, you are a fashion designer, you have a successful operation here in Canada, but you want to tap into the U.S. market. You know, the U.S. market is gigantic. There's a lot of retailers there. It's really going to take your company to the next stage. You can, to fund that expansion project, you can actually 
secure funding from the government for export financing. So that funding will help you uh, attend trade shows in the United States. It will help you build up your marketing and online presence in the United States. You can connect with potential retailers and distributors in the United States. So you can use that money for all of those activities involved with launching and expanding your business in the United States or whatever other country that you might be interested in expanding into. Um, so in that case, the grant, it's again, not just funding your general operations. You can allocate that funding to, you know, running your, your website here in Canada, but you could use it towards travel for staff to go to the U.S., to build those connections, to expand the marketing and to connect with those distributors and resellers. And in your experience, what comes first? The strategy to you know, do something and then you seek out the granting funding to see if there's something available? Or do you say, oh, look, I see that there's grant money for this kind of project. Is that something that I could incorporate into my business model? Mm -hmm. It can go both ways. Ideally, you have a business strategy first where you have a clear uh, multi-year kind of expansion or we have a clear expansion plan for your business. You know where you want to take it over the next 12 to 24 months, you have a sense of what projects you'll need to undertake to get there. However, there are instances, um, and it is the case too, that grant programs, they kind of come into, they come into existence without any consideration for your business strategy, right? So if that is the case, sometimes you might come across a grant program that seems perfect for you, but it's either coming earlier than you might want in your business plan or later, or it might not be, or it might be later on in your business plan. It might be uh, grant for something that you have like in the over the next 12, 12 to 24 months. Um, in that case, working with a grant consultant to um, to talk to the program officers involved to figure out exactly what those parameters are for that project and for that program can be an incredibly useful uh, way to, to maximize your, your chances of getting a grant and for securing that funding. But yeah, it can be a bit of a dialogue. It can be a bit of a back and forth overall. Generally speaking, however, I would very much caution against simply chasing money for the sake of it. So if you see, a, so right now, for example, the federal government, they're investing a lot into sustainability initiatives. They're helping, there's a ton of grants and a ton of money available to help manufacturers and producers kind of green and kind of over, over like green their industries and adopt new sustainable technologies. If that's not in your, if that's not in your business plan, if you have no intention of doing that, do not chase the money for the sake of it. Do not kick off a project just for the sake of it, right? It's going to be a lot more work, a huge headache, and does not really conducive to your overall business plan. So it doesn't make sense to simply chase money um, just because it's there. It has to work within your business as well. And are the grants available across all sizes of businesses? Like I don't need to be, you know, quite big I could be a startup like does is that are there any limitations in terms of the size or the scalability of the business that might be eligible that might have a project that is eligible for granting mm -hmm. yeah that's a great question you know it really depends on the specific grant program there are some grant programs that are specifically targeted for small and medium-sized enterprises and but the government's definition of small and medium-sized enterprise is something that is is an organization that has fewer than 500 employees and in other instances, there might be um, grants that are really for more like kind of industrial manufacturing, really large scale businesses. Um, so it does depend on the program itself. Um, if you, you know, 
it can be a little tricky understanding all those eligibility criteria and what they mean, which is why working with a, a professional who, who is, who is well versed in the nitty gritty of government grant funding, who kind of understands those timelines, who understands those where to look and, and what kind of programs are available for your specific business can be such a help. So what if I decided, or if I'm an organization that decided to engage in a in working with a granting consultant like yourself, what are some of the things that are or some of the efficiencies that come from that? Because what I'm kind of inferring is that it is a huge ocean of bureaucracy because yes. it's government. <laughs> Yes. to wade through to find out where all these things are. So what are some of the expectations of working with a grant consultant or what would it look like if I was if I was trying to do it on my own? Yes, no, yeah, your perception is exactly accurate. <laughs> it is going finding grants, you know, there there isn't like a single source for every single government grant. You do you do really need to understand where to look, which government department is offering grants, which ones might align with your project, and then then actually go through and understand the grant application process, which is always different across um, each program and each department. So when I'm onboarding a client, really the first step is having them fill out a questionnaire that, uh, that really aims to drill down into what are your business priorities over the next 12 to 24 months, right? Like where do you need to, where do you see yourself taking your business? And then what is it, what kind of resources are you looking for, right? So if you're, for example, um, again, if you are, you know, a, a retailer and you want to test out a new material, you want to maybe do some R&D into a sustainable uh, manufacturing process. Okay, well, that's something that I, then I have a sense of, okay, well, I know that we might be able to look at I said, or a specific department within the federal government that's really focused on materials development, that's really focused on that research and R&D grant, grant making process. If your focus is on, you know, again, exporting, we might look at can export instead, or any number of provincial and municipal uh, granting opportunities that also support those initiatives. So the first step for me is really just understanding what are your business priorities? Um, how is that, like, what is your existing financing strategy? Um, you know, where else are you getting capital inflows, et cetera. And then through that, I'll be able to tailor my search for grants um, to, to find, to note, to target specifically uh, the industries and sectors and departments that I know that have be active and to grant, uh, to issue grant programs for, for those specific projects. So yeah, it is a bit of, uh, it's, it is a bit of an ocean when it comes to searching for grant opportunities, but that's one of the benefits of working with a consultant. They can really cut down that legwork for you. And by reviewing the eligibility criteria, they can only present, they can present only those opportunities that really make sense for your business. And if I was someone who decided to try and forge it along on my own, <laughs> and we'll put some of these links in the show notes, are there are there places where you would say like, here are three places to start your search for granting? Because it sounds like that strategic conversation that you would have with your client is important, even if I am a business owner who decides to, you know, try and go it alone. Mm -hmm. That's important thinking and clarity to have regardless. So once yeah. I've kind of done that, where do I go to start looking? For grants, you know there are a couple. There are a number of databases available. Different companies have put together different databases. Usually, you do have to pay for a subscription, whether that's monthly or annually or whatever it happens to be. And then, actually, using those databases can also be a bit tricky as well. 
Um, you have to understand kind of which keywords to look for, which el which kind of criteria, eligibility criteria you might fit in within the grant within the grant making scheme. Um, but yeah, so I would say there are definitely a number of databases available that you could that um, a business owner could consult to as a as a first stage in understanding where you might be able to find some grants. Um, additionally, you know. We on the Froze Law uh, team, we also send out regular newsletters with um, like weekly newsletters with new government grant opportunities available, as well as on our blog, we post resources, you know, to kind of aim to help business owners uh, work, understand the grant making process and understand what kind of grants are available, what that application process looks like. So those are also really excellent resources uh, for the business owner who's looking to involve grant financing within their overall financing strategy. You said two things there that I want to get a bit more clarity on. The first is, are there any, like, can you name any of the databases that you're like, you know what, it's a big one and you might need to pay, but this is a good one to sort of start with if you're interested? Yeah. So um, one that um, I like, and I use this, use this for both uh, my work with nonprofits as well as for profits, is called Grant Connect. So it's, it's primarily focused, it's primarily designed for charities, however, there's a lot of foundations and corporations that uh, issue grants to charities that are obviously um, that obviously non-profit that obviously for-profit companies are not eligible for. There are also other resources available. If you, I mean, it, it's it can, you can just Google search like Grant Opportunities Ontario, and there are so many websites that will have just like tables and tables of grant opportunities available. But whether or not they are the right fit for you and whether or not they're actually open is another question. But yeah, um, another one is, you know, pocketed. They also have a database that one's also again, subscription based. Um, and again, working within the database itself, it's, it's a learning curve. It's something that you have to kind of, um, you know, spend some time with to figure out how to use. And you mentioned the importance of keywords. So could you unpack that a little bit more? Because it sounds like that's something that's kind of important in terms of finding what you need to find if you're going down the route of, of going through the databases. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, generally speaking, grants fall into a couple of different categories. So there's, you know, hiring grants, but there's also training and professional development grants. And so understanding the differences between those different grants and what kind of projects they fund is important. Um, but you're not, you, you don't want to, you know, chasing an opportunity that isn't really the right fit for you. Similarly, there's grants for, you know, business expansion and export. Um, another one is capital expenditures, right? So when, you, when we talk about capital expenditures, we're talking about, for the most part, hardware or land or equipment, things that, you know, um, are there are durable things that will be capitalized over the long run, but it can also refer to, to some extent to, to large scale software purchases like a CRM or something like that. Um, so those can also be capital. So that so capital expenditures is also another keyword to understand and understand specifically how the government body is using that is using that word. Um, and so similarly, you know, with prototyping R and D, it's these are these are keywords that just help you. By, use, by understanding the language and lingua, lingo that government grant bot, granting bodies are using, that will help you cut down on the fluff that you have to sort through when you're conducting your search. So I hear you saying it might even be something, you know, that's not as intuitive as 
you know, I might be thinking I need it for marketing, but marketing is not a word the government use. They might use scaling or expansion. Like it could even be something like that where it doesn't sound intuitive, even though the end result is the same. Exactly. Yeah. So you might think, yeah, I need to do digital marketing to to grow my business, but you might want to also kind of broaden the vocabulary that you're, the search terms that you're using to include business development business expansion. And just remember that the language that, you know, I think every organization, they tend to adopt their own lingo. That lingo doesn't necessarily um, translate outside of your organization, right? So it's important just to think about the language in terms that you're using and think about, and then from that, try to understand what the the government equivalent of those terms might be. You mentioned someone earlier um, in our conversation, you mentioned the granting officer. Yeah. Who who is this person and is it someone that you can reach out to? Yeah, absolutely. So the granting officer is usually there's usually multiple granting officers when it comes to a large grant program. Some smaller ones there might just be one person. But the granting officer is essentially the point person who oversees the grant application and the grant program. So um, when it comes to the granting officer, generally speaking, there will be contact information available. Usually that contact information, it might just be an email. If you're lucky, you might get a phone number with an extension, but probably it's just a general email. Um, but the granting officer is really there to, to help, um, help potential applicants understand the granting criteria and to help them guide and to help walk them through the application process. So if you have any questions upon reviewing the program guidelines, if you're like, I don't know if my project is the right fit, or maybe I can like tweak it in a certain way, it never hurts to reach out to the program officer or the granting officer and just give them kind of a walkthrough of your project and what you have in mind and see what they would suggest. Um, So that's something that I commonly do when it comes to working with um, grant programs on behalf of my clients. I do reach out to the grant officers. It's also valuable just to have that face-to-face or voice-to-voice connection as well and to have someone there on the other end that you can reach out to if you encounter any issues navigating their platforms, you have any last-minute questions, even if you want to reach out afterwards and find out why your grant wasn't accepted, um, you know, having that relationship is is always a, a wonderful starting point. This sounds really important. So that grants that the granting officer is there for you in advance of being awarded the grant. Like yes. they're a great resource as you are embarking on the process. Yes. What are some other tips that you might give people who ha- are are thinking about accessing granting funding? What are some other apart from you know working with a wonderful consultant such as yourself? What are some of the other tips that you think are really important for people to keep in mind as they explore this? option. Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely the number one tip is to reach out for, to a grant officer. Absolutely. Um, again, you know, grants, it's important to also keep in mind that, you know, grants, because they are free money, they are highly, highly competitive. So it can be, so even if your project fits with it exactly within the parameters of the program guidelines, if it's like the exact thing that the grant um, program wants to fund, they might still not be able to fund you simply because they don't have enough money. Um, and it's not really a reflection on your application or your business or your company. It's just it's just a matter of lack of funds, right? These are highly competitive pools of funding. It's still worth applying regardless of um, regardless of the fund pool. And the reason why it's worth applying is because 
if you're um, thinking about it on the on the grantor side, on the program officer's side, the grant maker side, if you have a program that's oversubscribed, if you can point back to the government and the budget office and say, hey, look, we ran this program, we funded $4 million worth of projects, but we actually had a large pool of projects that were also eligible, also deserving of funding, but we could that we couldn't fund just simply because we ran out of money, that was good to the program officers as well, right? They can say, this is a successful program, there's a lot of demand for this, and there's a need for this in the marketplace, and we're going to have successful outcomes. So, that's, so it's still uh, in your favor to submit an application, even if you think the odds are a bit slim, um, just because, you know, in the future, that program might be expanded again in the future, and then you can reach out again with, to that program officer or or even just repurpose the grant that you originally wrote, update, up, you originally wrote, update the dates and everything like that, and, and resubmit. Um, so yeah, so that's definitely uh, one piece of advice that I would have. Another piece of advice that I would have is it, when you're looking at grant financing, it's important to look at your overall financing strategy for your business. So one thing to keep in mind, especially for the for-profit sector, is that a government grant is unlikely to cover 100% of your project costs. The reason being that the government wants to ensure that you also have a vested interest in the success of this project, right? Um, so at most, generally speaking, at most, the government uh, program will cover up to 50% of the cost. If you stack multiple government programs, there's still a limit, usually something like 75% of the cost. It really depends on the government program itself. But so, so when you're thinking about your financing strategy, you have to consider, do I also have the funds to make up that extra 25 to 50% of the project cost, whether it's personal capital or loans or equity investments, whatever that comes from, the government wants to make sure that you are just as invested in the success of this project and that you also have skin in the game, so to speak. It sounds like from an expectation point of view, the while it is free money, yay, uh, <laughs> there is quite a time commitment in the application and in the reporting afterwards and in the execution of whatever that project is yeah. like it's not it, it while it is exciting because it is a great resource to have it does not come without strings as you say but without also a, a lot of of time and energy around the entire process what are some other expectations that people who are looking to you know utilize grant funding should keep in mind yeah absolutely so, um, yeah, as you mentioned, um, this, the application process itself can be quite time consuming. Um, I try to build in at least one month to write the grant proposal. So if the grant is due August or September 1st, for example, I try to start no later than August 1st, just to give myself time to A, actually write the grant proposal, edit, like take set aside, take some time, edit the proposal, and then B, also prepare all the supporting documents that may be required. So there might be, uh, so you might need to provide a business plan. You might need to provide financial statements for the past one, two, three years, depending on the grant. Uh, you might also need to work with your accountant or your finance team to develop cash flow forecasts um, and things like that. So just building in enough time to actually apply for the grant is probably the most important thing that you can do. <laughs> And then when it comes to actually, when, so once you actually receive the grant and once you are in the process of actually managing that project, it's important to also build in time 
to write the write those financial and activity reports that may be required. Now, the schedule will really depend on the individual program. That's something that you'll um, negotiate with the program officer when you actually get the contract. But it's important to make sure that um, that you have that you are aware of those deadlines, and also that you have processes in place to accurately and effectively measure the outcomes that you initially said you would achieve um, or your progress towards those outcomes in the in the grant proposal. And then finally, with the with the conclusion of the grant, you know, again, there is there is usually a final, a final financial report, a final activity report. Have you actually made progress towards the outcomes you've achieved? Have you exceeded those outcomes? And if you've fallen short of those outcomes, can you explain why you've fallen short? So those are all things that need to be built directly into your business process, um, into the into the actual enactment of the grant once you receive it. We, I know you've written some blog posts about grant writing, and we'll link those in, in the show notes so people can explore more of the um, insights and expertise that you've shared. How, can you give an example? Because I, now that we've daunted everyone into <laughs> the idea of applying for a grant, can you maybe share a story of where you've seen someone receive grant money and how it has just really like opened doors or really lifted opportunities from them? Like it is something that can really transform um, a business's trajectory, is it not? It, it absolutely can. So. With, so unfortunately, I'm not I'm not at privilege to speak on behalf of my clients. Um, I do work with a law firm. Oh, I meant just an, anecdotally, anecdotally, yeah. anecdotally, An- anecdotally. Sure. So you know, um, when I so I can speak on behalf of the previous grant that I wrote, um, but we received we ended up receiving, I think it was about three million dollars to expand this program in the west on the west. West Coast of Canada. I'm going to be vague. The West Coast of Canada, that Western half of the country. But yeah, so we received over $3 million to really expand the programs on the West Coast of Canada. And that funding was used to launch new programs, to scale enrollment, to hire new staff, to really increase the amount of people that this program was serving um, across the provinces. And it was, it had a transformational impact because also that money, because of course the organization, there are, um, in addition to the West Coast team, there was also the head office team that was supported by that grant as well. And so that helped kind of expand the, the number of projects and programs that could be delivered by the central team and built and really boosted the organization's overall profile and its overall impact. So yeah, vague terms, but yes, it, I mean, grant funding can really be transformational. It can really, um, you know, it can also, when you get grant financing, it also opens up the realm of possibilities available from your other financing sources, right? So now instead of using that loan money or the equity money towards this project, you can redirect it to other projects that were on the back burner, but that can now be pushed forward because you have that grant financing in, pay, in place. Before we wrap up, because this is so much great information, um, can you speak a little bit about the dynamicism of grant money? Because you mentioned that they're all government funded and governments change. Of course. So how does that, how does the shift in government impact what grants are available? Yeah, absolutely. That is a great question. You know, yeah, because the government, because the grants I'm working with are primarily government funded grants, the, the types of grants available are always a reflection of the government empowers priorities. 
So in the case, so again, I'm speaking federally because this is a national podcast, but in the case of, you know, the current liberal government, um, one of their big priorities is encouraging more um, entrepreneurship among, you know, women, BIPOC individuals, youth, persons with disabilities. They're also really focused on sustainable transformation, so green energy, um, and also innovation, right? Like the green innovation, new developments, new technologies. And they're also very focused on the dig digital adoption, helping kind of um, propel Canada's future in the digital economy. So a lot of the grants that are currently available are focused on those sectors, on those areas, and they're focused on projects that support that. Should the government change, um, should government, you know, priorities change in the future, we can expect to see a corresponding shift in the way, in the kinds of grants available and in the kinds of priorities that those grant programs fund. Um, so in some cases, actually, it might be the case that the program um, continues to operate under the same name, but the priorities and, ha and the articulation, what kind of projects and companies are looking to fund might shift under within that program itself. Um, so yeah, so certainly, so certainly um, working with a government consultant can help you. If you're not already very politically aware, if you don't follow a lot of that, you know, working with a government consultant can certainly help you with that um, and navigate those kind of political nuances. Um, but it, it can also help you by helping to identify, you know, where there might be future opportunities depending on the kind of current trends and trajectories within the political sphere. Well, and you that that makes me think that it, you know it's not something that is an immediate light bulb and an immediate financing. Like if granting is something that you are open to, it is something that you kind of keep um, as a constant like research awareness what's going on because you might not. The, the thing you're fund the thing you need funding for might not have a priority in the immediate sense but be it federal provincial or municipality wise things do ebb and flow yeah. so having that on your radar will just allow you to react more with more preparedness and more quickly yeah. when an opportunity becomes clear. Yes, exactly. And, you know, it can be, you know, on top of running a business, it can be kind of challenging to, to follow where those kind of shifting government priorities and urgencies lie. So that's one of the benefits of working with consultants is that they, first of all, they will understand your business and your priorities, and then they can identify proactively where there might be future government grant priorities or opportunities coming up and alert you to that. So you have enough time to actually build that into your financing strategy and prepare a really solid and, um, and compelling uh, grant proposal. We thank you so much for this conversation. I know it's been a lot for people to take in. If someone is interested in reaching out to you or even just, I know the, the Froze Law website has so much great information on it. Mm -hmm. Where are some of the, what's the best way for people to get in touch and to learn more? Yeah, absolutely. So definitely you can check out um, our Froze Law blog. That's F-O-R. F-R-O-E-S-E law.com. And then there's a blog link at the top where I will be, um, I have been writing and will continue to write regular blog posts just about the generalities of the government grant process 
any new, I just posted something about the new federal budget 2023 and how that's kind of directing funding and indicating the government's giving priorities. There will be another one coming about coming out soon about diversifying your financing strategy with government grants. So you can get a kind of like recap of this, but in a text form, if that's your preference. Um, you can also reach out to me directly at wei at proslaw, W-E-I-Y-I at proslaw.com. Uh, and you can sign up for our newsletter on the website and get, you know, if you're still kind of unsure, but you want to see what kind of things are out there, sign up for the newsletter, follow along, see what grant opportunities are coming out on a regular basis, and then reach out if you think that you might have a project or if you want to find out more. Well, you thank you so much. I know this is a very daunting, enormous, you know, kind of area of of opportunity um, that is exciting, but not without its uh, maze to to navigate through. So I really appreciate you being here to help people start that process. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Donna. And again, that's you know that's something that um, I love doing it. I love helping people. I think grants are underutilized element for a lot of for-profit businesses. So, you know, I'm here to help people navigate the government uh, grant financing um, process and, and get them the money that, that they deserve, that they need. <laughs> Let's get them the money. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for being here today. Fashion Talks is written, produced, and hosted by me, Donna Bishop. And there is a link below in the show notes if you'd like to get in touch. Thank you to CAFA, the Canadian Arts and Fashion Awards, Jason Perrier, technical producer, and to Nick Crane for the amazing artwork. Hope you'll join me here again soon.